Welcome to Dear Nina, a podcast about the ups and downs of friendship. I offer practical advice with the goal of making our friendships as great as possible. This week, we're talking about what it's like when you're the friend who initiates contact and what it's like when you're the friend who lets other people reach out first. And remember to stick around for the better friendship goal at the end of the episode. Without a question, the top search terms that lead people to my site have to do with the issue of initiating contact. I get terms like my friend never initiates contact. My friend never texts first. My friend never calls first. Why do I always have to initiate contact with friends first? My friend never makes plans first. So you get the idea when someone goes into Google, they type in any one of those terms or anything related to that. And they land on my site because I've discussed this issue before. So what that tells me is there are obviously plenty of people out there feeling insecure about being the ones who initiate contact first, and it really makes them question whether the friendship is real or whether it's a friendship worth pursuing if it happens to be a newer friend. Today's question for advice we're going over is going to address exactly that, and the question we got summarizes all of these issues pretty well. To help answer the question today, I'm bringing on Pam Moore who is an award-winning freelance health and fitness writer with bylines in the Washington Post, Time, The Guardian, Runner's World, Outside, and elsewhere. She's also an occupational therapist, a body-positive health coach, a certified personal trainer, and the host of the Real Fit Podcast, which I'll link to in the show notes. Pam lives in Boulder, Colorado with her husband and two daughters, and she believes close friendships are a vital part of health and well-being. She's been a longtime reader of my column, and she's what I call a close online friend who I've never met in person. I can't wait to welcome Pam. But before we have Pam on, I also want to mention that the person reading today's question is my local friend, Kristen Nilsson, who's the co-host of the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast. To be extra clear, she's the reader of the question, not the writer of it. But she'll also chime in later to give us her opinion on this issue. Hi, Pam. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here. I'm so excited. And this is probably the most face-to-face contact we've ever had. And I was thinking about how we probably could do an entirely different episode, and maybe we will, about whether you can be real friends with an online friend. Because you and I are really good good examples of that. I would say confidently we are friends, even though you live in Boulder and I live in Minneapolis. Do you think that's a fair statement? 100%, yes. And I would definitely want to participate in slash listen to the episode about because I have a few friends that are like it began as a online friendship and then blossomed into something more legitimate, which we definitely have. Yes. Yes. And I think it actually relates to this uh, issue of initiating contact because do you even remember how we made the leap um, from reading each other's blogs to I assume it was Facebook next. Um, that's like the usual progression is blog commenting like back in the, you know, this is like 10 years ago, maybe or seven, eight years ago. It was a that long- was, yeah, that was a big thing. Do you remember? I I remember one, what I think was like a turning point. Oh, no. So no, that's what I'm asking. I want you to tell me. I remember our first phone call and I don't know the genesis of it. I feel like maybe I asked you a question about maybe growing your blog or I don't know, something writerly. And you said, or maybe it was like you mentioned on your blog how Brian helps you with your yearly goals every year. And I thought that was really cool. Maybe I was trying to get, I remember there was a professional development piece there. And you said, well, let's get, I think you said, uh, let's talk. And I was like, 
so excited. We like actually got on the telephone. So I remember that. And I don't know when that was, maybe 2015. Yes, that's a a while ago. And then, you know, we're connected on Twitter and you can have Twitter followers and friends and then you can have people you actually interact with on Twitter and we do actually interact. And then I introduced Pam and I would recommend this to a lot of people who are looking to take her friendship to the next level to WhatsApp because I'm a huge voice memo person. I love voice memos, but voice memos on text just aren't as slick. They, They get interrupted by phone calls. You have to start over and WhatsApp is much nicer. So it's almost like we've been podcasting back and forth a little bit on WhatsApp for a while, for a while. Absolutely. Yeah. You're like my podcasting buddy. Well, and then you have been ahead of me on podcasting. And so you've been helping me with that. So the reason I bring that up, and I actually think it's relevant, um, not just to whether you can be real friends with an online friend, but this idea of initiating contact that there sometimes over time, there's a balance about who initiates. And if enough time goes by, you don't even remember. It doesn't become important who did first or who tends to chime in first. But let's actually hear the question. Dear Nina, I'm starting to realize that I'm the one who initiates the communication and plans with several of my friends. What I mean is, if I don't call or text first, I would probably never see these friends. I have two people in particular in mind, maybe three. When I text first, they always text back, and banter is good and all. And when I suggest plans with dates, they'll pick a date. They don't ignore the idea or cancel, but they never, ever, ever initiate the text, email, or call when making plans, or even just to catch up. Is this weird? Are we really friends? Should I stop trying and see what happens? I guess the truth is that I know what will happen if I stop making the effort. I think the friendships would wither away. And other than the fact that I have to make the first call, etc., the friendships are actually pretty good. Signed, tired of reaching out first. I it's tough. I wish the caller had included a little bit more information. For example, is this a long-standing friendship? How long does this friendship go back? You know, what is the caller getting out of this friendship? I also would like to know yeah, what does the friendship mean to this person? And does the friendship have the foundation that would allow the caller to feel comfortable having an actual conversation about the friendship? Could they stand face to face or on the telephone, not texting, but on the phone with the friend or friends and say, hey, I love your friendship, but I wish you would do a little more of the initiating. I feel like I'm the one going out of my way. And I totally understand that not all friendships are in that space where you feel comfortable having that conversation. So those are so those are my initial thoughts. I have more thoughts. Yeah, those start. are some of the questions I still want to know. No, that's great. Let's start with that. And and one thing you can appreciate now, it's nice to have someone else appreciate it, is I get all these questions and there's so much good information there, but it's never the whole story. And there's always more I wish I knew. But I over the years, over these many years, I've seen patterns. One thing we did get in this question that we don't always get is something you alluded to about the foundation and, and what kind of friendship it is. We didn't get that exactly, but we did get... Um, the caller said that there is good banter and that the friends always do you know, sort of reach back. I think there's reaching out and there's reaching back because there is definitely a situation where you're always the one who initiates first, but then the person waits three days to to make those plans or just a lot of time happens between the texts. And then you really have to say, okay, hold on a second. Are we actually friends? But I wonder if in this case, the caller is 
overthinking it. Um, it's a really hard balance to know if it's worth, like you're suggesting, to bring it forward, to bring it to the friendship and say, hey, I wish you'd initiate first. I would normally like to suggest something like that because it's nice to advocate for yourself. But what if it's making, what if that makes an issue out of something that's like not even an issue? It's only an issue because of the caller's insecurity, possibly. No, totally, totally agree. And I definitely think there's a distinction, which you sort of mentioned, between the friend in this case who does respond, doesn't cancel, does say, yep, that date works for me. I, is it a friend? I would say, yeah, that's the, like, that was the caller's question. Is this right. really a friend? I would say, yeah, because that's different than when the friend, and I've been in this situation, where the friend says, I'd love to see you. I miss you over a text. And you say, same. What does Friday look like for you? And then it sort of hangs there. Nobody, you know, yeah. it's like it didn't happen. And then Thursday night at 10 p.m., oh, Friday's crazy. I can't do it. Or or no response at all. And you're like, yeah. well, that happens enough times. You're like, no, we aren't really friends. But Yeah, is- I've given that advice. If that happens a lot of times, I would say, and sometimes it's difficult because there's other good things you like about this person, but it is probably time to move on in a case like that. And here's the other thing we don't know. How often is the caller trying to make plans with these friends? To my mind, yes. like if it's every 10 days, that's kind of a lot. I mean, it depends what's going on in your life, but let's assume like it's me, right? I have some friends that I consider dear friends and like three months might go by before we see each other again, but we can pick up where we left off. It's great. There's no, oh my God, don't you care about me? You haven't seen me in this long? No, we're busy. We have full lives. On the other hand, you know, when I was in my 20s, that three months would have been a long time when I was like single with no kids and all I had was time. So it, it depends on their circumstances. But if this person is reaching out quite often, whatever quite often means to this circle of friends, maybe there's a reason why they're not giving, maybe they're not giving the other person a chance to take the initiative. That's such great advice. Yes, this, this is why I love having someone besides my own advice on there. That's such a good way of saying it. Maybe it is too much. There is such a thing as too much. And the other person's lack of making plans first might actually be, it, it is it is too much. And the other person does want to keep the friendship. That's why the other person does give a date and does respond and all that. But it's kind of like, okay, I just saw this person. Maybe it's time for to see somebody else. We're all busy. And yeah, I don't know the age. It's, it's I tend to project my own age into the questions, which is really something I have to remind myself not to do. Because right, if you're in your 20s, it's totally different. I know with my teenage kids, and I know your kids are still younger, um, this does start to be an issue. And you do want uh, teens to recognize when the friendship is reciprocal. But again, this whole issue of who initiates first can be over people can overthink it because I'll use my son as an example. I hope he won't mind me. He has tons of friends. It's great. He does. He's such an extrovert though. It means more to him to be going out and always doing stuff. So he is the one who's going to have to reach out first a lot because he has Mm -hmm. some friends who totally chill, happy to hang out and play video games. And because the games are virtual, like it's, it is social. My son likes to go and do. And so he is very confident, but every so often he'll say, you know, mom, I'm always the one who makes the plans. In that case, I tell him, because they always reach back. Their friends are always like, great. Anytime he reaches out, they go and they do. I say, that's because it's more important to you to go out. And so you're going to have to be the one. It's the person who it matters more to that they have plans and that they have something to do may be the one who always has to 
go first. It may not mean you're not friends, but this is where that balance comes in. If I had a kid who said to me, I mean, years have gone by and they're always the one that makes plans and the other people never ask first, I may have to say, okay, let's let's evaluate whether this is a real friendship. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is such a good call. I'm in that situation. I have a friend who I consider a good friend who I notice that I often take the initiative and she often doesn't. But what you just said, she's a total introvert. Like, and I am a total extrovert. And so I give her, I don't take it personally. And I am prone to taking things personally. But that particular dynamic, I'm just like, whatever. Her happy place is alone. My happy place is with people. So it's okay. Right. So about about personality and also maybe the model you saw growing up. I'm I actually, believe it or not, no one believes me, really do consider myself an introvert, but my husband is the biggest extrovert in the world. And he loves to always be doing stuff. And it's kind of maybe a little 1950s, but it's kind of my job to make our couple plans. And so I always actively make plans because that's really what I saw my mom do. My mom used to get out her little green address book and just sit on the phone, like twirling her finger in the cord of the phone. And she would make plans for weeks ahead, months ahead with their couple friends. And I really do the same thing. And otherwise, the weeks go by and it's fine if we just hang out the two of us. But I know he likes to see people. And I do like to see people. That's I sort of make plans for my future self. I know future self will be happy that that I have seen certain friends. And I do tend to initiate a lot. I probably initiate more than my friends. But I have the same thing like my son. Every so often I'll have to remind myself, no, we really are friends. We have a great time when we go out and everyone says yes. And yeah, it, it works out. Um, yeah. Oh, there's an so, I'm going to jump in. Oh, great. Because I think it's somebody's job in each friendship to do that. I think so. Like I've noticed that with some of my friends, it's my job to reach out to them. And they're always willing to get together and we'll respond but it's my job to initiate it. And I'm perfectly okay with that. That's so fine. You never resent it. You never feel like, wait, are we really friends? No, never. Because I know what happens when we get together and I know what the end point is. And I know because our kids are at different stages in their lives and, uh, you know, with us that if I reach out, they'll respond. They might not be able to get together, but they will respond. And that's just my job in the friendship pool. I like to I like that, that group together. This idea of thinking like that's just a job you've taken on, and and you've been willing to take it on. You've done it again and again. A pattern has been established. It's actually a really good segue to um, listen to Kristen, who generously read the question for us, and then after reading the question, really had some thoughts about it and asked if she could call back in and share her opinion and. Uh, she's coming from the point of view of the introvert who the friends reach out to. So kind of like your friend, Dave, um, that would be a great, great time to hear what she has to say. Okay. I do have feelings about this question because I am the friend who doesn't initiate. That's me. And I think about it all the time. I wonder if I'm the lazy friend, but the truth is I depend on those friends to reach out because my calendar is is full enough and I'm overwhelmed enough and I'm stressed out about trying to pull all the details of my life together that I can't do other things. That and she's right. If those people stopped reaching out, I probably wouldn't do anything and those friendships might wither. And that's why I depend on them to do it. 
I feel guilty about it, but I can't do anything about it because I'm just trying to keep all the balls in the air. This is just not my forte. Keeping the balls in the air is not my forte. Some people are better at it than I am. And it's not that I have any more to do than anybody else. It's just my own inability to be super detail oriented. So that's just my take on the question. So I love having that perspective from somebody who, I mean, I she she really admits that, frankly, it's not really fair. She, I don't even think she said the word fair, but she said she feels guilty that that she gets to take for granted that she has this friendship that is ongoing and enjoyable because the other person is willing to make all the plans. And it's funny because I know Kristen and she's the most fun. So just, she's the greatest. And I could hear the guilt in her voice because she, it takes someone else. It's the responsibility of someone else to keep the friendship going. Dave, you said that you willingly take on that role with a certain, certain friends and Sounds like Kristen has a couple of friends who've also been willing to take on that role. You could see a situation where somebody would say, you know, this is really where our, our caller is coming from. I don't know if I want to take on that role. Or maybe the caller is willing to take on the role, but needs that security to know that the friendship is meaningful to the other person. I appreciated Kristen's thoughts because in a way that short clip what she said it sort of encapsulates all relationships in 30 seconds because isn't that what it is like if you really care about somebody and i'm not talking about like the friendships that don't matter that much you know the people you see in the pickup line at school or whatever just like your true friends your your partner you know the people that mean a lot to you you accept them for who they are and you enjoy that the time that you spend with them and you like how they make you feel and they support you when you need it and vice versa and you go, okay, well, if this is who this person is, I guess I can take it or leave it. And so, yeah, the caller has a choice. She could leave it, but it sounds like she wants to take it. And that includes taking all of it. Yeah. And um, I've made this argument before about airport pickups. I am not the friend who is ever going to pick you up at the airport. I mean, I will, but I'm probably going to be annoyed about it because <laughs> Guess what? I also have to come back and forth to the airport sometimes, and I just get, I figure it out. And um, when I was 21, I felt differently. But as we got older, and I just that is not my thing. I will be a good friend in so many other ways, and I just hope that my friends accept that I'm not your call. I'm not your airport call. Um, it reminds me of this. There's just different. We all have strengths and things that we bring to the table, and. I think for a lot of people, and I know this from the Google Council, for a lot of people, their friends are not the initiators and they do feel insecure about it. So if more people would maybe accept that this is just something they're good at, they are good at calling first, texting first, initiating plans, they wouldn't feel bad about it. They could move on and they could just accept the friendship is a good friendship and worthy friendship. Because my goal for this podcast is really for people to take some of the drama out of their friendships and insecurities and just enjoy them. That life doesn't have to be as complicated as we make it. And this this question is a great example where these friendships probably are going just fine. And as long as the caller is willing to accept that, there's really nothing to worry about. Yeah. I uh, love it. My final thought I want to uh, share with you before we go to the friendship goals is this, there was one line in this question that suggested a test. Um, should I stop texting and see what happens? Well, although the caller really says, I know what will happen. So I just generally as a blanket rule, do not advocate for tests. 
most times when we test our friends, they fail. Because when you think you even need to do a test, you've already, you already know the pattern that's been established. So the caller knows that the friends will fail the test. If that anybody was ever considering that, I would say don't issue that test. If you have friends who aren't great at calling first and texting first, they're not going to suddenly do it because you've now tested them. All right, now moving on to our better friendship goal of the week. This week, my goal for myself and for any listeners who it would apply to, well, actually in fairness, it's not all of you. It's for the friends who are the ones out there who rarely make the first contact. Even though we've established in this episode that a lot of people have their friendship roles, and if you're the one who doesn't tend to call or text or email first, you're not going to suddenly do that. But it wouldn't hurt this week to reach out to somebody who always makes the plans with you first. And it doesn't have to be plans to go out. It could be a long-distance friend who tends to be the one to check in every so often, the friend who sends you funny memes. Maybe you be the one to reach out first. Just a simple goal. It could just be a text. It doesn't have to even be an actual phone call, which I know a lot of us bristle at these days. So that is my goal. I want uh, Pam to remind people where they can find you. Absolutely. Well, before I do, I want to say thank you for having me. This was a blast. But yeah, people can find me on my website, which is pam-more.com. Don't forget the dash. It's just like a little hyphen. You can also find me on Instagram. I'm at pammore303. I'm on Twitter, uh, pammorewriter. LinkedIn makes it hard to just give a little handle, but I love LinkedIn. I'm sure you'll find me there. But if you just go to my website, it's all there. I would love to connect and find all the show notes and a form to ask your own anonymous question on my website at ninabadzen.com. If you have time to rate and review the podcast or even better, tell a friend, I'd be so grateful. Thanks so much for listening. And remember when our friendships are going well, we're happier all around. Mm -hmm.